I think that uh, people are lining up to give him the love. Well, you know, you know who's going to give Willie ne- Willie Nylander some love? It's our guy MJ. Okay, wait, but I have a bone to pick with our TSN hockey analyst Mike Johnson. I had a message drafted for you last Thursday, MJ, because as our TMZ celebrity insider who had in-depth mm-hmm. information on the Kardashians' whereabouts in Vegas, I I was shocked to see Haley and Justin in the second period without you tipping us off that they were there. Like, what the heck happened, MJ? You were supposed to give us the insider info that they were in the building. Well, Julia, the insider game is a tricky one, and it's tough to right. navigate. <laughs> so sometimes you got to trust your sources. I knew they were coming, but I couldn't let it out of the bag too early because they didn't want to make a scene. So... You know, I had a little word with them after the game as they were waiting outside the leave room to go in and say hi to the boys. But no, it was funny because they were sitting right across from me. And I mean, quite in the most obnoxious not, outfits ever. Right. Well, I mean, you know, she was wearing whatever a jacket and butt, and she looked normal. But he was wearing a very bright, you know, bubblegum pink purple coat, so it was hard to miss. But I do love the fact that they were in the crowd, not in a box, no security standing around them during the game or sitting around them during the game. And for the most part, everyone left him alone. Like, he was high-fiving guys when they scored, but like, people weren't, like, all over them asking for pictures and autographs. They were just letting them enjoy their evening, which I quite respect out of the Toronto crowd. So well done, Toronto crowd, even though they're super famous. I mean, Justin Bieber at this point is, what, maybe Taylor Swift and him are the two most famous artists, musical artists in the world or North America. Um, I love how you said Taylor Swift alone. and not Rihanna, Johnny. That's right. Dude, I'm a Swifty all day long. You know what's funny? right, Johnny. And speaking of us having things in common, Johnny, we're both number 20. Have you seen the pictures that circulated a a few years ago of Haley Baldwin at the time rocking the number 20 Leafs jersey? Did did we ever get to the bottom of whose jersey she was wearing, mine or yours? I think it was Jeff Farkas, personally. But, yes, no, we never got to the bottom of it. Uh, But you know what's funny about that, though? You have these random things, like, Back when the internet, I was just starting out in the in Leafs, and like the internet was just kind of like message boards and all this kind of nonsense, you know, right? And um, Ginger Spice, I think the woman who's married to the Christian Horner, the F1 driver, uh, team principal from Red Bull, uh, and on her album, she did like a solo album, and she thanked a Mike Johnson. And I had more people you. think that that it was me. I'm like, no, I am not the muse <laughs> for Ginger Spice's solo project. But it's just, you know, you never know. So maybe I'm going to go with Haley Baldwin absolutely was wearing my jersey because she liked me playing for the Leafs before she was alive. Yeah. I like it. I like that theory. Yeah. You know, the first te- – there's a lot of Swifty energy happening today. The very first text we got from a man named Ron and Vaughn was that we better start Leafs lunch with the song Feeling 22 by Taylor Swift. Uh, we didn't mm-hmm. do that. Miss on our part. Anyways, MJ, Nylander, amazing night uh, on Saturday, five-point night for him. He's been off to a really good start this season. I don't know if you heard us right before you came on talking about whether we've been giving him enough love just because of how good the Leafs have been offensively. Do you think we're starting to see the true potential of who William Nylander is in this league uh, just with him maturing and and really having more consistency? Um. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose. I mean, there's no doubt he's been excellent. I'm not, I'm not debating yeah. that for at all. He's been awesome. In many ways, he's been the best forward on Toronto this year. Uh, Mitch has been incredible. The streak is awesome. Uh, you know, it's so much fun to watch him play right now. But, I mean, if you look at some of the different metrics, goal score to game score, average game score, goal score above average, whatever it might be, he is, he is higher than Austin and Mitch right now. So, I mean – he had 80 points in 81 games last year. 
34 goals. So I don't know how much higher he can go than that. He's on pace for 90 right now, 92 or whatever it is. You know, if he's a point-a-game player and a 35-goal scorer or 40, that's an upper upper echelon player in the NHL, and that's what he is, and that's what he was last year. So I do agree he's been better, but I don't think like this is a massive light bulb moment where he's taken a quantum leap from the last few years. He's been really good uh, for about four years now. So um, he's just kind of building on that. I think the one thing that you come to appreciate now when you watch with Nylander play is that he he's as like he's so strong on his skates. He's feels like he's the best zone entry guy on the Leafs. Like when it comes time, like we need a guy to skate the puck in the offensive zone and, and get some zone time. He does it as well as anyone, including Austin Matthews, including Mitch Marner. He, he does that, and he's got this underrated little toe wrister. And Frankie can appreciate like he never looks like he's trying to shoot hard. Of course, he's trying to shoot hard. But even Austin, when Austin loads up as fast as it is, like you can tell, here comes a heavy, heavy shot. When Willie loads up, it's like he just kind of flicks it. But it goes very hard, very accurately. I've always admired his shot because it, it looks effortless, even though it is very effective and very hard. Johnny, when I look at the progression of Willie Nylander and where he started mm-hmm. at the start of this contract to where he's going to be going, like <laughs> it, it's two years, and then he's a UFA. And it almost feels like it's like the perfect for progression for by the time he's a UFA to say, you, you thought that was, was, was what we went through with the contract? Wait till you see what we're going to go through this time around. So, But Frankie, are you willing to concede now, four years in, that that was an unbelievable contract that he signed? I said it the at the league. time. Yeah. I was Too bad I wasn't on, on the airwaves, but I remember saying to people at the time, like, guys, 6.9 for Willie is going to be more than fine. This guy's a hell of a player. And it was weird that it had to go to December 1st at that time because thinking about it, I'm like, this is a no-brainer. This should have been done well in advance, but there—that's how it went, and and it's going to be very different the next time around. Well, I mean, probably, you know what? It'll probably be the same, but more. You know what I mean? And and I fought that same fight, Frankie, on the radio for about a year, with especially when he struggled the first year back from the contract. But anyways, we digress. But you're right. I mean, he's going to be coming up to UFA. The cap will have been bumped twice. So probably bumped up to what ninety two million or something, and he's going to say, "Okay, uh, I'm a forty game guy. I'm a thirty five goal guy, and I've done it three or four years in a row. That now is not worth eight million dollars. That is worth, you know, nine what it, no, nine or ten, nine and a half, ten million dollars, whatever it might be. And he's young enough. He's only going to be twenty eight when that contract comes around. So perfect timing for him to hit it again. But that's a bridge for another day because I don't even want to think about. No. how the Leafs right now are trying to plan for that that summer with Austin being up and, and Willie being up and trying to keep this whole group together and everything else. But right now, it's amazing, Julie. We talk about the Leafs, right? And nothing matters until the playoffs. doesn't matter the regular season. But, you know, better than the alternative, they've lost one game in 20. Yeah. Game in 20. Like, that's not normal. That's not normal. And no. so they should be fully commended for how exceptional they've played for the better part of a month and a half. 
I'm so glad you said that, MJ, about the contract. I don't even want to talk about it because as soon as the contract came up, I was I was like in my head trying to think of how to change the subject because I don't want to talk about it either. It's, <laughs> it's so yeah. difficult. So let's talk about Mitch Marner's point streak instead. He made it 22 games on Saturday, MJ. Uh, I'm glad I have you and Frankie today because I feel like me and AB have just worn ourselves out of singing Mitch Marner's praises and thinking of new ways to do it. What else can we say about Mitch Marner's point streak and, and just the confidence he seems to be carrying right now? Well, I, I think there's two parts about it. One, I, I would have bet, and it feels to me like the pressure to score points now is alleviated. Now that he's got the record, now it's all gravy, right? Like I don't. I think those last few games leading up to 18 and eventually 19, I, I think he felt a little bit of the stress. He'd come so far, he wanted yeah. to try to own that record to himself. Now it's like, yeah, just go out and play and let it let it buzz as he does, and and then he can go. But what I am impressed with. And especially, I don't know, Frankie, as a defense, it might be a little bit easier because, you know, your energy systems, you might be able to get closer to your better game if you don't have your absolute best energy. But I think for forwards, because there's a bit more skating involved in forwards, I'm so impressed with his energy, Julia, that like every single night I watch him, I'm sitting there between the benches and he's out there warming up. And we're six minutes in, I'm like, Mitch has got his legs again. Every day, Mitch has got his legs again. And of course, once you have your legs, when you're as smart and as hand, talented in the hands and the vision and everything else is there, it all works. But it only works when you have the emotion and the energy. And he has that. And to me, that, as a former player who found it hard sometimes, three and four, back-to-back, back, travel, sleep, life, like, I don't feel great today. And it's hard to find that version of your best self. And he has put his best version of his game on the ice almost every night. Um, so, it's, yeah, it's, it's awesome to watch. He's having a lot of fun with it. Uh, was it two games ago I was doing the game, and they're going back and forth, and he, he scored that great one timer over Jonathan Quick, and you could feel the crowd react. It was a fun night where it kind of the crowd was pulling for him. So um, he's riding the wave right now, and it's, it's, it's very impressive. But the energy of me, Frankie, is, is what sets this run apart. Yeah, and, and the thing that sticks out to me, Johnny, and, and you and I watch a lot of hockey especially the fact that we have to cover other teams in and around the league, the level of execution that this Maple Leafs team plays with on every single night, like I don't see that from a lot of other teams. There's there's teams some nights where I'm watching, I'm like, this is dry, it's boring, they're not on tonight, and it's like we got to find something to talk about here. But with the Leafs, mm-hmm. like the, the, the level of execution that they have every single night, like you, you can bank on it. It's it's really really impressive, and and not every team is like that. Yeah, absolutely, I, I think there's two, Boston and Jersey have come, and they're the two best teams in the league ahead of Toronto, and they're the teams that play kind of like that all the time, and and it's wildly impressive. Again, last game I covered was the game against LA. That was as clean was the word I used to describe it as clean a game as I can remember the Leafs playing. Like just. Four checks, breakouts, puck possession, decision making, puck battles won. Other than Pierre Engvall playing, you know, Paul Bunyan on on Jersey's head, it was like a really, <laughs> yeah. really clean performance. And yeah, it's it, it's impressive. It's impressive, and it shows maturity, shows leadership, professionalism. Because it's, it'd be hard at this point if you're in the Toronto room, whether it's Toronto or it's whatever, some smaller market, Arizona. Like when you're going this well, it's hard not to think you're pretty good. They must think they're pretty good, but um, but they're not playing like they're taking anything for granted, which is a credit to everybody involved, including Sheldon Keith, who's doing yeah. a very good job as well. 
uh, with our TSN hockey analyst, Mike Johnson. And you mentioned the really clean win last week versus L.A. I saw the deserve to win meter on Money Puck, and it was one of the most obscene ones I've ever yeah. seen. And then there's the win on Saturday night versus Calgary, uh, which was a little bit more of a grittier win. Matt Murray probably had his toughest game back since his injury, not not his best performance. And, and there was every excuse to lose on Saturday night, but they're really finding different ways to win right now. Yeah, it's not always going to be pretty. It's not always going to be your goaltender. It's not always going to be the stars, although the stars really have been very consistent. But just finding when games go a different direction, if it gets to be a bit high scoring, a little chaotic like the one on Saturday, still finding ways. Um, when it's low scoring and tight checking, when there's lots of penalties, when there's no penalties, you have to be able to do a little bit of everything. And I think this Leaf team, and maybe that's been the, the, the common thread that fans should be excited about, is that this team has found ways to win games when the games aren't necessarily played exactly how they would prefer to play them. And, 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 that's, and that's a compliment to the team, that they don't mind when it gets defensive or physical or chippy or whatever. They're just kind of comfortable and can adapt and find ways to win no matter what, which is good. Johnny, that one was against Calgary was a little bit of a throwback Leafs game for me in the sense that there were some defensive blunders, some turnovers, mm-hmm. goaltending maybe wasn't the best, but then the offense turned it up and you outscored your problems. And I kind of looked at it this way. It's like if you're going to go do a game, Johnny, and you throw on your A++ suit and you look in the mirror on your way out the door and you say – Johnny, you still got it. And for the Leafs to have that <laughs> kind of high-powered, <laughs> yeah. for the Leafs to have that kind of off, uh, high-powered offense after a stretch where they've gotten great goaltending, they've played very good defensively. You look at it after the game, boys, we still got it. Is that the way it goes down for you? Listen, I'm bringing the heat. I'm doing the game tomorrow night to the bench, and I'm coming with the A suit, Frankie. After that pep talk, <laughs> still got it. I'm, you know what? I, you know, Everybody, they, the Leafs would like to score more, right? Everybody always wants to score more. Um, but to know that it's in there when it hasn't been there, but I think it's kind of been trending. I'd have to do a quick little, you know, Excel spreadsheet. But if I were to track their shooting percentage, it's been trick, trickling up like the last three weeks. Like it's kind of regressing back to where it should be. So they are scoring more now, not just Austin Matthews, but the team as a whole. And, and, and so I think, yeah, it's, it's nice to know, like, they're encouraged to be patient, stay with it. The goal should come. They're doing enough to warrant more goals in their scoring, and then to be rewarded that is a good thing. So a lot to like, too. And one other element, too, about Saturday night's game, Frankie, the power play since Morgan Riley has left the team has not been great. Might dig into it tomorrow night during the game, but it hasn't been, the numbers haven't been great since Morgan Riley's left the Leaf roster with injury. Not to say Sandy's doing a bad job or anything like that, but just the numbers haven't been good. But to see them score some power play goals when they needed it, to win the game, to stay in the game, another nice little piece of the puzzle that wasn't really clicking that had a big impact on Saturday night's game. Yeah, Johnny, we're going to get into that a little bit later because, as you know, I'm from Woodbridge and currently live in Woodbridge, <laughs> so that means I get a yeah. lot of texts from my buddies in Woodbridge who seem to yeah. think that the power play has been fantastic since Morgan Riley has left, and you don't mm-hmm. need Morgan Riley anymore, and at some point in today's show I will be addressing that and saying how oh, ridiculous like that statement is. I will, I will be tuned in. And, and one other chat point I thought was fascinating, and I, I, I love kind of the nuances. Now, we follow the Leafs very carefully, right? So anything they do differently, I find interesting because I want to – I think I understand why, but I think I understand Sheldon Keefe. So starting camp 
Wildren and Sandine off the opening face-off in overtime. We know the Leafs had led the league in overtime losses. I think they won their first one and lost like six in a row. So they are trying to figure out how to do that. And I think where Sheldon Keefe elected to go, which I think kind of is interesting because it's against the grain, is that he starts three defensive players. One, camp to win the face-off. So if they win the face-off, then probably Sandine and Lilgren back up, pass it around a little bit while the other guys change. And then you get your good players on the ice, or not your good players, but your offensive players on the ice with the puck, and they can try to go score. So that's one part of the strategy. The other part is if they don't win the face-off, then Camp and Lilgren and Sandine are more equipped to waste their energy checking until they get it back, and then once they get it back, they kill some time, make the change, and get your offensive guys back out there. It's like twofold. One, win the face-off and change, but if we don't win it, we're fine. We'll let these guys expend the energy, use their defensive acumen to eventually get the puck back, whether it takes 90 seconds or whatever, because that's where they've gotten themselves in trouble previously, and then we get the puck back, and then we get our offensive guys, and we see what happens from there. Now, plan wasn't for Sandy to stick his face in front of Huberto's stick, but it worked. But I did like yeah. I did like the change in chat strategy. They're thinking about different ideas to try to to try to improve an area where they haven't been great. I thought it was interesting. Yeah, Sheldon Keefe is definitely coaching his butt off right now. I, I thought that was he a is. great great move by him. I, I was saying to Frankie before the show that it was an interesting one in that he probably would have had to answer to it post game if it didn't work out. But but uh, why Julia? I, like doing it the way they've been doing it. It's not like they've been winning. Right? Oh yeah. Well, Johnny, I, exactly. I was explaining. I was explaining to Julia that you know when you play those three on three games after practice and and you go defense versus forwards, a lot of times the defense tend to win those ones because they actually yeah. know how to yeah. defend. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Like the best, the best way to win in three on three, unless it's a brilliant sort of crazy effort, is to kind of like break up a play and counterattack. A B chance, so you get an A chance. Like you know, yeah. kind of like force a turnover, create a knock something down, and then go the other way. Rarely in a three on three when you're cycling around, are you anyone really good enough to get in for a great look? But if you can defend well enough, which is why the defense always win those cheeky games we play after the thing with Frankie. Um, if you defend well enough, you go the other way and give yourself the, the next better look. And the, so they're they're working on some things, even though they haven't lost in you know a long, long time. Yeah, and in saying that, the winning the division looked a little bit impossible at the beginning of the year when the Leafs were uh, going through their early season woes, and Boston seems like they were never going to lose. But now, mm-hmm. does it look in sight to you, Johnny? Well, I mean, it's three points, two games in hand for Boston. Boston, at some point, will slow down. They've lost two of their last four, which is a major drought for them because they've been going so well. But it's, it's, you know, it's early. Of course, there's plenty of time left. But I do think it should not be lost on Toronto that winning the division might be important because it looks like, you know who's going to be in third? Tampa. Right? Like, if you finish first, you're going to get Detroit or Florida or some team from the Metro, Washington or the Rangers, like whoever. If you get second or third, you're going to play Tampa or Boston. Those are the two teams I want to play the least right now in the first round if I'm Toronto. Well, Jersey would be tough too, but you know what I mean? Like if you can somehow avoid those teams by winning the division, like that matters. If you want to give yourself the best chance to not only win a round, but win multiple rounds, winning the division does matter. Can't chase it. It's so far away, but at least they're within – Touching distance uh, now of Boston after this crazy run that the Leafs have been on. Yeah, it's been a crazy run, and it's been a, a treat to watch. Also, MJ, I was in your spot on, well, more noodle spot, but we were talking between the benches. I, I was liking the look between the benches this weekend in Ottawa. I was, I was 
scared for my well, face Ottawa's a bit, nice. but it was a good time. Ottawa is plush. Yeah. Deep, lots of room to move around. The, the one in Toronto is not nearly as safe. Like the one in Toronto, the glass is right behind you, and it's very tight. And a puck, I almost got clipped with a puck against LA. It went right by my cheek. I saw that. I it was saw that the, the replay well, was crazy. Johnny, let me ask you something. How much bubble gum is on the floor there in that little booth where you stand between the benches? I run a tight ship, Frankie. I have a clean office. It's my workspace. I got a towel in there. I towel up all the water slops around. No, they, they keep it clean. It's good. And, like, literally okay. I have a towel down there. So when the guys, like, stop and spray the, the dasher with all snow and, you know, water goes on there, I, I, I tidy it up. I, I run it. I'm like a good barkeep. I can't, a little, I'm shining the bar at all times. I expect good. nothing less from you. I like honest. it. Noodles has it pretty clean too. It's a it's a good closing shift, guys. Nice job, uh, MJ. Thank you so much for joining us and for the insight. We'll we'll catch up with you down the road. All right, squad. Have a great day. And Frankie, I don't know. Haley was probably wearing a Corrado jersey. Let's be honest. You're more her I demographic. Do. She likes glasses. She wears them, and you wear them. It's a good pair. Ah, good point. Our TSN hockey analyst, Mike Johnson, confirms it was a Frankie Corrado jersey that Haley Baldwin was wearing. Confirm. I like it, Frankie. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Thank you, MJ. We'll talk to you soon. See you guys. Uh, Mike Johnson, our TSN hockey analyst. What a gem. What a gem. What a gem. Yeah. Well, Between so that picture Frankie came out. That, that picture came out, and, and she was wearing the 20 jersey. And then I was like, well, I, I don't believe it's obvious. It's not my jersey. Like, she has no idea who I am. Plus, I don't actually play. I'm more of a mascot at this point. So, uh, <laughs> Look for some more pictures of, of the jersey, and then it actually did say Baldwin on the back. 